So, is this Scientology? No. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if you get to meet Tom Cruise, that's a big red flag. <laughs> then it's too late. Then the doors just close and you're never heard from again. Dance, monkey, dance. Welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? I'm doing just great. How are you? Oh, you know, just, you know, thinking about investing some money into the stock market and toppling some hedge funds. <laughs> if only it were that easy. Uh, apparently it is, though. Uh, all you got to do is invest your, your uh, Kwanzaa money. <laughs> Look, everybody gets on Reddit for being a bunch of idiots, but they are fucking up Wall Street big time right now. Yep. I mean, good for them. There's there's some dude that apparently made was broke and invested some money and now he's a millionaire. Yep. So, you know, don't ever let it be said you can't make a fortune off of fucking Reddit. No. No. It's it's nice to see the the billionaire squirm though. Isn't it though? Yeah. <clears throat> yep. So, yeah, it's a it's been an interesting week on Reddit. Has it then? Yeah, watching watching the uh front page go from like um it's largely on a normal on a normal week, it's a lot of funny pictures and videos and a little bit of politics mixed in. And then this week it was all wall street bets and the government trying to shut it down. And it's just, it's a, it's a mess, Mm -hmm. but I mean, good for those guys who actually did it. I don't understand the stock market at all. I've learned more in this past week than I probably want to. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know that people make a lot of money, but I just don't see the very risk. few people make a lot of money. Yeah. It's not like there are, you know, 30% of Americans are billionaires. Right. It's, you know, there's a reason it's only 1%. Right. Right. So, so <laughs> it's, it's been, it's been interesting. And I guess now they're setting their sights on AMC as well and not just GameStop. Yeah. I'd seen that. Yeah. Which I'm sure AMC is all for since they're, you know, about to go bankrupt. Yeah, but at some point the bottom's going to fall out. Well, it is. And it'll rebound to where it was. But, I mean, if they mm-hmm. can get money while it's it's trucking along. That's the American dream, though, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that part of, uh, you know, that whole thing? Pretty much. It's all a scam, Chris. It's all a scam by the man to keep us down. Well, yeah. You know, the American dream doesn't exist anymore. It's impossible for most people. 
Well, yeah, I mean, but but hey, we still push it, you know. Hey, let's watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and see how wonderful their lives are. <laughs> <laughs> Is that? A, are you a big fan of that show? No, no, I can't stand those shows. <laughs> I don't watch I. any reality TV. Uh, yeah, remember back in the day when that's all that was on TV? Yeah. <laughs> You mean yesterday? No, no, like like 15 years ago. Oh. When it literally was nothing but, that, I guess Hollywood had decided that it was cheaper to make reality TV than... Well, that's when the writers went on strike. Yeah, and when people still watch TV. Strike, they said, screw you, we're going to, you know, we just will do unscripted TV. Yeah, and then they discovered it was scripted. Yeah, right. <sighs> it's very manipulating. Don't believe anything, Chris. Nope. Nothing. Nope. Nothing. Those satanic Hollywood baby eaters <laughs> are behind all of this. Uh, you mean the the Jews who have a space laser that's setting fire to things? <sighs> I, how how did we get here? I would be really embarrassed if I had voted for that woman to find out how fucking crazy she actually is. But her people believe this shit. The cute it's, people? It, the, the ones who are giving her money. Yeah. You know, the the public's heiress who spent $300,000 on Trump's little uh, gambit there a couple of weeks ago. The insurrection? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I gotta find somewhere else to get groceries. <laughs> Damn it! But but they're they're chicken tender subs, man. I don't know. I don't know how long I can stay mad at them for. Yeah, but see, since I'm not doing the carbs, I can't do the chicken tenders. <laughs> I could do the the non breaded wings. Oh, but that's not as they much fun. Carbs. Yeah, can't do the chicken tenders. Oh, come on! A big thing of bread stuffed with I chicken know. tenders. No, it's scary. Come on. I I did find something that 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 uh addresses my my bread lacking. Uh, okay, what's that? Um, carb healthy tortillas. Okay. That I um last week I made um cheesesteak quesadillas. Okay. So I like I put a little olive oil in a frying pan and then I put the, the tortilla down and I put my meat and stuff and cheese and then fold it over. It gets nice and crispy. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Fills the need. <laughs> Are you doing those? Have you seen the tortilla TikTok thing that's going no. on? So you, you cut a slit from the center to the edge and then you take four different ingredients and you put it in say like the four corners. Okay. And then you fold you fold it over onto itself in quarters. Okay. Um around the cut and then you like get a panini press and you okay. make like like um what are those things called at, at um Taco Bell? They're like crunchy Yeah, crunch wrap. Yeah, crunch wrap. But yeah. people are doing it with like um, eggs and bacon and sausage. I did that too. And, um, I've done that. Yeah, so they're doing all that kind of stuff, and mm -hmm. I haven't tried it yet. But people say it's really good. Yeah, it is really good. 
it satisfies that that uh, craving. <laughs> and there are only four grabs per, per four carbs per tortilla. Oh, there you go. So it's perfect. There you go. And is that like a special order item, or do you actually find that at like? No, I found it multiple places. There's at least two brands. Oh, okay. Mission and Benderito. Oh. And Benderito were buy one get one at Walmart. Oh, so now it's tortillas for everybody, right? It's tortillas for everything. Yep. And what's what's the actual name of them? They're they're like. It's like carb healthy. Carb healthy. Yeah. I'm just taking a look. Car if I could spell carb. C R A B. They're they come in the blue thing? Is it carb balance? That's one of them, yeah. Okay. Yep. Three bucks for eight of them? Yeah. It seems a little pricey. <sighs> My health is worth it, Chris. Okay? <laughs> Just saying. Uh, okay. Hey, as long as you enjoy them, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, there you go. Did you... If you'd like other, other tips on a keto lifestyle, let me know. Did you try, like, the spinach-wrapped ones, or...? Uh, no. I just bought the regular white flour version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I eat too much bread. Yeah. I mean, I I broke down last week and I went to Wendy's. Oh. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was one meal that entire week. So I was okay with that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the that that's one of the theories behind interme- intermittent fasting is mm-hmm. if you do it continuously for a while, every once in a while, you can cheat. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to erase the progress you made. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It's my life in a nutshell. And you're do you do you find it easy to keep up with the keto stuff? Yeah, I have yeah. not had a problem with it. Um I've found uh no sugar added things that taste just as good as full sugar products. Okay. Um there's some barbecue sauces. Um Flavored syrups for my coffee, ice cream. There's some really good ice cream. Really? And it's like, you know, six six grams of carbs per pint. Oh, there you go. So it's like two or three carbs per serving. It's like, yeah, it's really good. I just have to watch the carbs that are coming from vegetables. Yeah, see, that's always my problem. Is when the the doctor is like, well, you got to watch what, what, how many carbs you're eating. And it's like, but I'm eating vegetables. Right. And it's like, but those are high in carbs. Well, I, I can't win. Yeah. I'd seen, uh, there's a commercial this morning for, I think it's called Healthy Root, which hmm. is like a home delivery service for vegetables. Okay. But it's, root vegetables are notoriously full of carbs. Yeah, and so you know, I I was always told growing up, well, it doesn't matter how many vegetables you eat, you can eat as many vegetables as you want, right? Because it's good for you. And now they're like, no, too many carbs. Mm -hmm. Fucking what the hell, man? Yeah. Okay, I'll eat eggs because eggs are high in protein and low in carbs. But you can only, as an adult, you can only eat like 
six so eggs, eggs in a week. And it's like, ugh, come on. You got to find something that works for you. Yeah. And that's the only, only advice I have. Yeah. And that's, that's why intermittent fasting worked. Like as far as like, I'm able to stick to it and I only eat one meal a day. So I can pretty much eat whatever the fuck I want. Mm-hmm. And I've maintained my weight for three years now. Good for you. So, you know, yeah, it's all give and take. <laughs> It is, you know, since the the man has been putting chemicals in our processed food to keep us down. Oh, you're Captain Conspiracy Theory today. It's, you know, it's so easy to be a conspiracy nut <laughs> when you look at these things, like the whole scam of credit. Okay. Like, wait a minute, I can get a credit card for 24.99% interest. And you're going to take my money and you're going to give it to somebody else at 24.99% interest. So now that's two people paying that same interest on my money yep. and so on and so on and so on. Yep. And it wasn't really till the 1970s that credit cards were a thing. You know, you used to live with the parents until you had enough money to buy a house. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah, I, I haven't I, I haven't used my credit card in almost a year. I haven't used it at all since in lockdown. Yeah. And every once in a while, I, I still have a balance on it that I'm paying down, that mm-hmm. I'm finally seeing actual movement on. Yeah. And, but every once in a while, I'll get these, these emails from my credit card company making sure I'm okay and stuff. And it's like, using it because, I'm, because I'm not putting money on it. I'm paying it off, and they're like, "Oh, you we can, can't have you that." You can transfer balances, Chris. See, see, I. Okay, so, so, if I had say ten thousand dollars worth of money, I'm trying to pay off on a credit card. Mm-hmm. Is it worth staying on the credit card to pay it off, or should I do that thing where I jump credit cards to zero percent for six months? And then at the end of that six months, jump to another credit card. Um, yes. Oh, okay. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Transferring your balances to a lower rate is a good way of paying it off. Okay. Also looking at a personal loan. Like if your bank or credit union offers personal loans for like, you know, seven or 8%, that's a lot better than 24. 14 to 25%. Yeah. 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 No, true. You know, and it's a set term. You know when that will be paid off. It's not, you know, rolling over month to month. Yeah. And and the what I pay now per month for my credit card would probably pay it off pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I need to look into that. I need to get out from under that. Yeah. I did. And then I bought a new car. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, shit, you got to do something, right? The trap. Okay, so so just looking at going back real quick to tortillas. Um, again, I hate I hate Segway. So, um, I was just looking at something online as we were talking. Have you tried tortilla pizza? No, but I'm thinking about it. Are you? Okay, because there's a pepperoni pizza on here that. Looks really good, and it's made on a tortilla. 
Yeah, I was thinking of doing like a a pizza steak or a you know like a sausage with tomato sauce and mm-hmm. mozzarella cheese thing. There you go. So yeah, yeah, because pizza. I miss pizza. <laughs> oh, pizza! Uh, there you go. Uh, the good old days. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Now you got me looking at low carb shit, low carb tortillas. But you can't just do low carb. You've got to be smart about it because, like, I use pork rinds, chicharrones, chicharrones, ground up as breadcrumbs. Well, if I wasn't doing the keto thing and I just added that to my diet, I would be getting so fat. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Okay. You know, find something that works for you. Be you. That's it. Just be you. <laughs> well, no, I'm thinking about like, you know, substituting all the bread I eat for like low carb tortillas and seeing what that does. That would be a good move. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Definitely. So, um, we were talking last week about, um, the expanse Mm -hmm. and in typical dance monkey dance fashion, we have backed the wrong horse once again. Really? Oh, well, of course, because of the news that just came out. (sighs) So we spent a lot of time last week speak, speaking, about how much we liked the actor Cass Anvar. Uh-huh. <sighs> Why were we silly? Oh, my God. So, um, in case you haven't seen the news, it was reported this week that he will not be returning for the last season. And this was a, a decision that was made before this current season came out. Because apparently... He likes to hit on teenagers. Yeah. And likes to try to get them to get on Skype and sexed with him. <sighs> what is wrong I mean, what with it, people? What is he, a priest? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was pretty disgusted. It's like, so do you think they'll find a way to kill him off before the end of season five? No, I think... Are they going to recast him for one season? No, I think what's going to happen is, um, how they'll end this this season, however they they originally intended, and then next season he just won't be there, and there may be a passing mention of him going back to his wife on Mars, mm-hmm. and that'll be it, and then he'll never get mentioned again. Yeah. And then whatever his story in the books is, they'll just pass that on to somebody else. Right. It, some new new cast member that, oh, we picked this dude up at Tycho Station or whatever. And, It'll be Nagata's son. Uh, maybe. They're going to reconcile. She's going to rescue him. The father's going to die in a painful <laughs> explosion. Uh, so, yeah, as soon as I read that, I just... I laugh to myself because we always back the wrong horse. We're always like, this dude is awesome. And then we come to find out that he's an actual terrible person. Right. So, you know, record uh, 
is steady. We're we're you know hitting all the regular notes from Dance Monkey Dance, but <sighs> what a shame. Yeah. And one of the I don't know if you what article you read about it, but it was apparently it would this has been something that's been under investigation for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And it was the uh, production company's decision to get rid of him. And not like the showrunner came out in defense of the um, of the the, the parent company. Mm hmm. And was like, yes, we absolutely back this. And then the other actors came out and said, we're not going to let this go. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know how many of the, the text messages you read, but I didn't, he's a fucked up dude, man. He, he basically was like, come on, get on Skype with me. And and the girl was like, no. And he's like, you don't have a camera. And then he like, just yelled at her for message upon message of like, cringeworthy amounts where he would just be like, you can't tell me that you can't get on a Skype call with me. I just want to see you blah, blah, blah. And it was like, Oh dude, come on. You can't tell me that you can't get someone your own age. Who wants that? Chris? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just weird. Who wants, who wants used goods? (laughs) Who wants second hands? Come on. You want the fresh. Oh, that's gross. Right off the vine. Hmm. You know, when, when you reach a point where you're old enough to be the woman's father, mm-hmm. then you probably shouldn't be going that young. Just saying. Yeah, well, I think more and more of those people need to be held accountable and stop ignoring it and letting them get off. Well, and it, it looks like that's happening. I mean, at least in the in the in the case of the expanse. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of strong female characters and a lot of female actresses that I don't think will just roll over for this. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see them come out and, and shun this dude. And that's probably the end of his career, but you know, he did it to himself at that point. Oh yeah. So, yep. You know, what are you going to do? So, yeah. Uh, that sucks, but what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Life goes on. <laughs> Obla-da, obla-dee. Yeah, but not for everybody, because we lost a couple of people this week. We did? Yeah. Who did you lose? Uh, Cloris Leachman? Oh, that's right. Fraburuka. Yeah, so in case... You know, she's been around forever. She was, like John said, in Young Frankenstein. Uh, Last Picture Show. Um, She was, for you kids, she was recently in The Croods as the (laughs) grandmother. Uh, Was she in the remake of Mad About You? Did I not get that far? I don't remember seeing that. She's got credits for 2019 Mad About You as Mrs. Mandelbaum. Then she must have been. Mm, okay. Not very uh not very memorable, I guess. Yeah. Although in Justice League she played Granny Goodness. Okay. <laughs> she know. was also she was also in American Gods. 
was she? Where she played one of the uh, wait, was she one of the fates, or was she one of the? Mm, I don't remember now. Mm. She lived with Chernabog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see that in her. Oh, there it is. Okay. Zoria. Mm-hmm. Venturnyanya. <laughs> okay. I think she's one of the versions of... I don't know if it's the day or if it's like the... <sighs> there are three women who make up this entity whether it's the 24 hour day or it's just night, but it's like the, you know, the, the early part of the, of the day is the young, beautiful girl. The middle of the day is, you know, a, a middle-aged mother. And then Cloris Leachman plays the crone. Okay. I really need to get into that show. I've heard a lot of good things about it. It, it's very interesting. It's a weird story. Um, Ian McShane is great. I mean, is it any weirder than like uh, Good Omens? Uh, no, but it's a lot darker. Okay. Basically, it's all about the um, the old gods of different cultures and what's happened to them now that they're in modern times. Okay. So there's like a Hindu god of destruction and war who's a waitress in a truck stop. Oh, okay. And Ian McShane plays, um, oh, I forget what his name is, Mr. Mm, Mr. Sunday? Mm. He's Odin. He's Odin. Okay. Um, Thor makes an appearance. Um, Easter makes an appearance it's christian chenoweth who was on um pushing daisies okay um uh orlando jones is is anasazi who's a an african god it, it's very interesting okay and they go to this weird ass place I, don't, I think it's in wisconsin or somewhere it's called the house on the rock yeah, I've been to the House on the Rock. Okay. They they for some reason that's where like where all the energy intercepts or something. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting take on it. And there's this second plot of a guy whose wife has died and he's just gotten out of prison and somehow he's involved with uh, Ian McShane's character, and it, it, it's really weird. Hmm, interesting. In the book, there's a it's it's all about this murder, where this town every winter puts an old car out on the ice of the lake, and you take bets on when the ice is going to melt enough for the car to fall through. Okay. And you basically find out that there's a body in the trunk of this year's car. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would highly recommend American Gods. Okay. You have to um, – there's a lot of thinking. I mean there's there's Egyptian gods. There's Hindu gods. There's Indian gods. 
it, it's it's interesting. Okay. It's very interesting. Um, Corbin Burnson from L.A. Law plays Ares, God of War. Oh, okay. And he's like a in a I don't know if it's like, if it's like a, a a Texas town or something um, where everybody's just infatuated with guns. <laughs> And it, it's yeah, it's cool. It's worth checking out. Okay, yeah, I've I've been meaning to. I keep seeing stuff for it. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things that I don't have stars, so I'd have to track it down by other means. But there's a a um a small time criminal by the name of Loki Smith. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would definitely definitely okay. check it out. American Gods okay. on Netflix or not Netflix on, on stars. Epic stars. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. So the other person we lost this week mm-hmm. was Cicely Tyson. That's right. Who legend who the ripe old age of 96. Um, mm-hmm. But she's been in a whole bunch of stuff too. Yep. Um, everything from the help to she was in Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Mm-hmm. Fried green tomatoes. Um, lots and lots of stuff. Yep. Dates back legend. to legend. Her, her legend. first credit on TV is 1951. Mm-hmm. It's a long time ago. So yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. Good long lives for both of them. But... Yeah, definitely. I think one of her most well-known roles was in the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman. Okay. She was kind of like the last Civil War widow kind of thing. So, yeah, it all. Cicely Tyson was 96. Clarice Leachman was 94. So, good long lives. Mm-hmm. Imagine finally getting, you know, oh, we're in... We're into 2021. 2020 is finally over. And then you go downhill. <laughs> oh. Cloris Leachman was also in Sky High. Really? Was she? Yeah, she was the nurse, apparently. Okay. Like everybody was in Sky High, apparently. Well, it's a good thing it's coming back. <laughs> So did you uh what'd you think of this week's one division? Um I thought it was really good. Yeah. The way that it suddenly got us out of the, the sitcom trope and the aftermath of the snap and the restoration. Mm-hmm. Um I just wish that maybe they were hour long episodes. Like if the first half hour was the whole sitcom fantasy world and then the second half hour was what's going on in the real world. Well, I read something that that the last several episodes are supposed to get longer and longer. Well, that's good. Because they're they're going to be tying the two together. Okay. And that, the, you know, the first couple was just the sitcom stuff mm-hmm. and they wanted it to be like a sitcom. So they were very so aware. 30 minutes. That, and, yeah. yeah. 
they're very aware of the timing and all that stuff. So, um, I liked the way that, um, they, they keep going back and forth so that the things that you saw in the first three are directly affected by what's going on in, in the fourth one. Mm-hmm. And like they're they're because there's only nine episodes and I don't believe that we're going to get a second season of this, that it's going to be I, a one and done. Yeah. Thing. I think it's a one off Yeah, that um, they're not trying to keep secrets and they're, they're answering questions that come up, you know, where does the helicopter come from and who's the beekeeper and who's, all of this stuff, they were just like, in this episode, you're going to see it all. Mm-hmm. This is where all this shit comes from. This is who Geraldine actually is. And this is what we think is going on, except you still don't know who Agnes is or the blonde chick or their role in all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting to see the way that it played out and how they, they incorporated Darcy from Thor and the FBI guy from um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Like down to him producing his card with the sleight of hand thing that he was right. learning in in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Like all that shit I really appreciate. Um, the one thing that I do think is funny though is they've shown people come back from the snap before. And mm-hmm. it didn't look like this. Um, yeah. It's... It's very much a reverse of what the snap actually was in WandaVision. But if you go back and you watch Spider-Man Far From Home, when they come back, they just blip into existence. It's not like a reconstitution of their body. Mm. It's they're just they're, it's they're just there. So it was kind of okay. it was kind of interesting because it's like Marvel has all this control over this stuff, mm-hmm. and yet they they didn't follow continuity within themselves, and I don't know why, but I mean, for for as much as they're stuck on continuity, I thought it was a rather odd choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we find out that Geraldine is actually uh, Monica Rambeau, who is the little black girl from um, Captain Marvel. And apparently they use voiceover from Captain Marvel in this. And Brie Larson oh, okay. got a credit in the show, okay. which I thought was interesting. Hmm. Um, I don't know if that means she gets paid for it, but... Um, Depends on what her contract was. Yeah, I guess. Um, on a side tangent, uh, like on that note, um, have you watched any of the popcorn Pixar short things? I have not yet. So we we went through them all. I think it was last weekend, and there is one for Finding Dory, where Ellen DeGeneres doesn't say anything, but you hear a lot of hmm, 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 that, that kind of stuff. Oh, and okay. she's credited in there as Dory, and I was like, that's kind of an odd thing, and I wonder if Pixar had to pay her for that. Hmm. Again, depends on what kind of contract they had. Uh, yeah, because there are there's a um there's a Toy Story one with Buzz Lightyear where he doesn't say anything and there's no credits for like voice acting. Mm-hmm. So I wonder whether or not they have like if you use us, you got to pay us type yeah, thing. Yeah, could be. Um 
but going back to WandaVision, I feel like now that we're in both sides of it, that the story's really going to ramp up. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the the shot of Wanda losing control and Vision going back to his dead state. Yeah, that was creepy, and that was very creepy. And I liked I liked that like they didn't redesign it; they didn't try to make it any less impactful than it was in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. They just did the same makeup, and you know he's blinking his eyes, but it, they're the like the dead eyes and you're like ooh okay that that's weird so I'm really really happy with this so far mm-hmm. more happy than I thought I would be okay um, what were you expecting I honestly thought it was going to be nine episodes of sitcom oh Okay. With a little bit of towards the end, what the hell's going on type thing. Mm. Um, this was not what I was expecting, but I'm glad they're doing it. It just kind of, it, it kind of shows me that no matter what they want to do, Marvel and probably Kevin Feige have it in their heads of how it connects to everything mm-hmm. and not just, Hey, we're going to do this this TV show thing. It's going to connect to the larger world and there's going to be repercussions in it going right. forward and it's not just a here you go. Here's two people that didn't get a chance to be on screen all that much. Mhm. But I really I'm I'm glad like it's showing what Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany can do. Mm-hmm. Um as actors and it's allowing them to stretch and do stuff, so um, when you're in those big ensembles, you don't get a whole lot of time on screen. No, not at all. I mean, I would, I would have to figure that, that visions on screen time for all the movies he's been in is probably less than an hour. Oh, if that much. Yeah. And, and Scarlet, Witch is pretty much the same way. Mm-hmm. So, it's nice to see them stretch and, and let those characters breathe. It's it, I'm interested to see like what they can do with Hawkeye then. Cause everybody always jokes that Hawkeye is like, you know, the most useless Avenger. Mm-hmm. But if you give him nine hours worth of story potential, you know, he, he might be one of the best Avengers. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of it and, and what they're going to do with, other Avenger characters. And I guess they're saying with the babies, um, in the next couple of episodes, they will be teenagers. And the fact that Monica comes out of the bubble, still wearing the same clothes means that mm-hmm. those kids are real and that, mm they could go on to actually be Wiccan and speed from the comic books and go join the young Avengers. That's that's speculation I've heard. Yeah. Because now they have, um, uh, what's her name? Cassie, Cassie Lang, um, mm-hmm. as an older teenager, um, you know, they're going to do Ironheart and they're going to do all this like young Avenger stuff. And I can just see them rolling that into like a TV movie or, or even a, the regular movie. Yeah. Why not? 
Now, I did not realize that Elizabeth Olsen was the baby sister of the Olsen twins. Yes. I had no idea. Yep. And then somewhere I saw a picture of her with them, and it's like, oh. She's the attractive sister. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't look like she's half half uh, hobbit. Yeah, isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So one of the one of the things that I've heard too is um, that this is the way that they're going to introduce the mutants. Okay. That it's the reverse House of M comic book where instead of Scarlet Witch casting out all mutants, this is how they're going to be brought in. She's going to create them. But I don't want it to happen that way. Because the X-Men history is rich within American history and and goes hand in hand with um, like the civil rights movement and the the times that they were made in. So, right. I wouldn't want to lose that kind that side of history with them. But they said something interesting in this last episode. Um, Darcy talks about the the cosmic radiation that's coming from the bubble. Right. And that would be an interesting way to bring in the fantastic four. If they're on the ground there and that something happens and the cosmic radiation raises and they just happen to be in the way because they've already announced the fantastic four is happening. I wonder whether or not we're going to get introduced to Reed Richards at some point. Hmm. Interesting. I would much rather see them use this to get them in than the the X-Men. Let the X-Men be from a different earth. And they somehow get brought to our earth or whatever. Right. But I do think I, I do think that seeing this and liking it as much as I do with it being as weird as it is, I think when we get to Falcon and winter soldier and Loki and Hawkeye, some of the more traditional stuff will, will be really good too. So I'm hoping that, that since there's going to be a new Marvel property on TV for the next like six months to a year mm-hmm. or whatever, that like there's going to be reason to watch TV now. Yeah, I mean they're they're doing a good job so far. They're they're staying true to their fan base. They're staying true to moving the stories forward as part of a universe and not part of standalone films. Right. So, you know, I mean this is this is good news. Yeah, absolutely. What else are you watching on TV? Um, what else am I watching on TV? Nothing good. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did find a movie you should check out. Okay. 1978, Neil Simon, The Cheap Detective. Okay. Um, it has everybody who was in movies or TV back in 1978. Okay. Peter Falk, Sid Caesar, Anne Margaret, Eileen Brennan, um, Madeline Kahn, 
Stockard Channing, James Coco, Dom DeLuise, John Houseman, Fernando Lamas, Marsha Mason, Phil Silvers, Abe Vigoda, Paul <laughs> Williams, Vic Tabak. I mean, it was like a, it was like a, like a love boat episode. Okay. Um, did you ever see murder by death? I might have a long time ago. It was another Neil Simon movie. Um, there was a parody of, um, um, murder mysteries. Okay. Where a bunch of famous detectives were called together to this fancy dinner at an, at an old house somewhere out in the countryside. And then one by one, they start dying. Okay. Um, had a lot of the same cast. Okay. Um, the funniest part about murder by death was Alec Guinness. Jeez. Oh, Alec Guinness plays the blind Butler and Nancy Walker plays the deaf cook. <laughs> so, Neither one can communicate with each other Jeez. through the whole thing. And it, it's just hilarious. Okay. It's, it, it reminds me of like a Blazing Saddles or another uh, Mel Brooks movie, but without the over-the-top acting. Okay. It's all very subtle. It's all very clever. The chief detective, uh, Peter Falk plays the chief detective, who's a um, parody of Sam Spade in The Maltese Falcon. Okay. And then they introduce characters who are parodies of um uh Ilsa and whatever the the her boyfriend's name is who are trying to escape the Nazis. However, it takes place in San Francisco. <laughs> but they have Nazis there. <laughs> okay. And Madeline Kahn plays a uh, possibly psychotic woman who keeps showing up saying that she's different people, but he knows that it's all the same person. <laughs> um, Eileen Brennan plays a lounge singer. Um, Dom DeLuise is the Peter Lorre character. John Houseman is the Sydney Greenstreet. It's very funny stuff. Okay. Very funny stuff worth checking out and also murdered by death. Okay. Murder by Death is great. <laughs> um, other thing I watched, which wasn't that good, was an old Tim Conway series called Ace Crawford. Okay. In which he plays a detective. And, like, the entire show, the pacing is just off. It's like, this should be, like, fall down laughing funny, and it's just not... Okay. It does feature a little person. Billy oh, Barty is a main character. Oh, Billy Barty. <laughs> Billy Barty. What an actor. He was the um, little person. Yeah, he was the only one on the only one back in the day. Yeah. Um but yeah, I got through three episodes and they only made five. Oh jeez. <laughs> and uh yeah, I w it's not worth watching. I'm surprised you gave up. You're a completist. I know, right? Well, it was getting late. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It was getting late, so. And then I also watched Ant-Man and Ant-Man and Wasp, oh, I'd never you seen. And they were interesting. You've never seen either one of those? Nope. I've seen clips. <laughs> Evangeline Lily does not look like Kate from Lost. No, not at all. 
And in fact, in the first movie, I thought, well, maybe she gets replaced. <laughs> it's like, nope, that's her. Okay. Yeah, they gave her the funky Hope haircut. Yeah. In the first one. And yeah. Um, I was very impressed that Michelle Pfeiffer is playing her age. That she's not Botoxed up. Uh, yeah. Trying to look younger. It's like she's got laugh lines. She's got wrinkles. She's got gray hair. Yep. And I thought it was a really great performance from her. I mean, they have to match her with Michael Douglas at that point. Well, yeah. And he's probably, what, 10, 15 years older than her? Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, she's she's not all Botoxed up. She's not trying to look younger. She's, she's very... Um, age appropriate. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word, but, um, she pulls it off. What did you, you think? Know? What did you think of Luis, the, the comic relief? Uh, I don't know. He, he, he just didn't seem like the right choice to play that. So Michael Pena has this, this knack for picking really bizarre roles. And this was one of in, them in his career. Lots of people say that he was one of the best parts um, okay. with, with the storytelling thing. The The storytelling thing is a leftover from um, um, Edgar Wright when Edgar Wright was going to make the film. Okay. Um, but I feel like the three guys together that make up Scott Lang's little, little posse, mm-hmm. the, the, um, Luis, the black guy and the guy that's been in everything between DC and Marvel. Um, and I wish I could pronounce his last name, but I can't. So I'm not even going to try. Um, I think those three guys together work really well. Um, like backing him up and that, that whole scene where I mean, David Dest Malkian. Yes. I, okay. I can never pronounce his last name. I can, I can pronounce Chuatel Ejiofor all day long, but don't ask me <laughs> to do the other guy. Okay. Um, the scene when they bring them in to the idea of they're going to go steal the suit from, um, cross technologies or whatever. And they do the thing where, um, Scott comes out from around the corner in the Ant-Man outfit and he's like, okay, don't get, don't get scared. And he's like, oh, daddy, don't get scared. Daddy, don't get scared. <laughs> and he, he disappears and they're like, oh my God, where'd you go? And he's like, look on your shoulder. And he's running around and you hear Scott Lang going, I thought daddy didn't get scared. I like <laughs> the, the, the comic timing between them all works really well. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I had a big issue with, and I don't know if you followed it, um, having watched them back to back is that they dumbed down Scott Lang's character big time in Ant-Man and Wasp. Oh yeah. He's a mechanical engineer or an electrical engineer, whatever the hell he says he is. He's got a master's in it. In the first film, he's working on the regulator and he's trying to help improve the suit. And then by the second movie, they're talking to him and it's all going over his head. And I was like, why? Why did you have to dumb down his character? There was no need for it. And 
that that's one of those things that bothers me because it it then it followed into all the other stuff too when he shows up in Civil War and he shows up mm-hmm. in um um Infinity War and all that was he in, no he wasn't in Infinity War he was in Endgame when he shows up in Endgame he's still like the stupid Scott and it's like there doesn't need to be that right he doesn't have to be like everybody else so because like he he breaks in the in the Hank Pym's house and he's like MacGyver's the the door off of the off of the vault, mm-hmm. and like you could tell like he's he's like really smart. And then you get to the second one and he's like, oh yeah, I can't even keep up with this this conversation. Right. And you're like, oh come on. Uh. This past week, I watched. Um, I was going through HBO Max, uh huh, and seeing all the stuff that they have, and I wound up watching the miniseries from the Earth to the Moon. Oh, okay. The the Tom Hanks mm-hmm. produced uh, Apollo history miniseries that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really well done. I thought they th- the there's 12 episodes and there's uh, they don't go through every Apollo mission, but they hit on every Apollo mission at some point. Okay. And one of the things that I found fascinating is that like when they get to Apollo 13, this was a year after the movie came out. So instead of focusing on what's going on on the ship, they focus on things back on earth and how the family is having to deal with, the press and they were showing different sides of things that you don't normally think about when you think about like, um, Apollo 13 or, uh, the right stuff or any of the, um, any of the movies that are focused on, um, space missions. Okay. There's an entire episode that I think is happening during it's either Apollo 14 or Apollo 15, where it's the toll that it takes on the wives Mm, and how, how um, by the end of the space program, most of the astronauts had been divorced because the wives just couldn't take it. Mm -hmm. They weren't there. They were always training. They were left to um, raise all the kids and it's a side of it. You never get to see. So I thought that was really well done. And it was also interesting because when I got out of college, um, I had gone to Disney MGM studios at the time for an interview for an internship, mm-hmm. um, and happened to wander onto the set of from the earth to the moon because the back door of one of the sound stages was open and I didn't know where I was going. And I wound up in the mission control set. So until somebody said, who are you and what are you doing here? And I said, I'm looking for this building. Where is this? And they said, oh, it's across the street. Um, but it was interesting to finally see it um, on on screen as opposed to having walked through it. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, little side story. Well, that's cool. Have you watched the, the NASA one on Disney Plus yet? I have not. No, I haven't. The the remake of the right stuff or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I want to. I just it's I don't really think about it when I go on Disney Plus. 
Mm. So I need to make a like a a concerted effort to actually like seek it out. Okay. The other thing that I watched this week that is not a recommendation is uh-huh. on HBO Max is that new Denzel Washington movie that just came out. Oh yeah. Called All the Little Things or The Little mm-hmm. Things or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um Denzel Washington in this movie looks really old. I don't know how old he is in real life, but 86. <laughs> he he's not the Denzel Washington that I've seen in other stuff. Um Jared Leto plays a um a suspect in a murder. Okay. And it's probably shot around the same time that he was doing Morbius because he's got okay. the long hair and the beard and he plays this really bizarre character that I, I know he's, he's now used to playing bizarre characters, but this was right. a little bit more over the top, more over the top than Joker. Yes. Oh really? It's, okay. It's creepier than the Joker. Okay. You know, the Joker's meant to be this loud, bombastic, like, look at Harley and I'll kill you type person. Right. This was a very bizarre, like, even down to the way he walks is. And I think part of it is that um, he now has a reputation on set of, like, getting in the character and, like, fucking with the other people. Right. And when they asked Denzel Washington about that, he said, no, we didn't do that. He knows better than to do that shit around me. And I think it, it kind of suffered. It it made their time on screen a little bit more tense than what it should have been. Okay. Um, and then the third person in it is is uh, Rami Malek, who was yes. Freddie Mercury and was on Mr. Robot and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he plays the dude that's struggling with his faith. Faith plays a big part into this. The the, the entire movie. There's there's. Um, references to people losing their faith and um, you know you have Denzel Washington who is the guy that doesn't have faith anymore and Rami Malek is the guy that has faith and they're working together and um, the ending is very I don't want to give it away but it's it's um, you know not necessarily what you're thinking would be from this movie okay and it's got some of the worst special effects I've ever seen in a movie. Oh, that's too bad. There's so if people don't know, there's there's a couple of different ways that you can do a driving scene when the camera is on the front of the car. You either get a process rig where they take the car and they sit it on a trailer and then they just drive around with the camera on it so the backgrounds look correct. But the other way is rear projection. And Mm -hmm. so they're sitting in a studio. They've got a couple of screens around them. They have gone out and shot and then they're projecting onto the screen so that like it looks like they're driving. There is a shot in this movie when Denzel Washington is chasing another car and he's got to go up a, a ramp onto the interstate. That is the worst looking composite shot that I have ever seen in a movie. No, um, they then keep going back to a shot of him where he's supposed to be driving and he's got his hand on the top of the steering wheel 
And instead of making like you would when you're driving, like little course corrections with the steering wheel, it's just he's holding on to the steering wheel. He's not moving his hand at all. Just driving straight. He's just driving straight. And then they're cutting to like the car and the car's changing lanes. And then they cut back to him. He's just holding on to it. And it looks like they took the same shot and they reused it a bunch of times. And it was like, you couldn't have him for longer than like 10 seconds. Like Mm. you put him in the car. Right. It was, it's really. And then at the very end, as they're fading out, there's a, um, there's a barrel, um, that's got, he's burning stuff in. And as they're fading out, it's a CG fire on top of the barrel. Okay. And it's one of the worst comp things I've ever seen in a movie. Oh. And it's it's a shame because it's like it's, it's a Denzel Washington film. Mm-hmm. You would think that the dude would have some, you know, pull to be like, you know, we got to do better than this. But I don't know. Maybe he wasn't paid as much for this. I don't know. That be too bad that that's the impetus for not doing your best uh, well I, I know and so you get what you paid for sorry according to this he's 66 he's almost 70 you know mm-hmm. he's he's getting up there but this was not i don't know if this was a favor he had to do for somebody or to fulfill a contract or something but i don't think this is it's definitely not his best work i mean when you see him in like the equalizer or training day or things where he has to be physical, you're like, okay, that's the dude that I remember, but I don't know. Uh, The quote unquote psychological thriller is not, I think where he needs to be because homeboy's looking old and tired. Mm, It's too bad. Yeah. I thought black don't crack. (laughs) That's what they always say. They must have made him look older for this or everything that he's done up until this. They have colored his hair or, you know, tried to make him look younger because like he did. How long ago was he did the Magnificent Seven like five years ago? Yeah. And he looks like he's in his prime in the Magnificent Seven. And in this one, he's kind of got a gut and he's got all gray hair and he's like shuffling around and you're like, oh, he's he's acting his age. I guess. I don't know if that's a good thing, though. Yeah. People get old, Chris. I know. I know. I mean, it's nice to see Rami Malek doing stuff, but. I'm starting to feel like he has a very limited range of acting as well. Yeah. He, he just always looks like a, a, uh, um, how can I put this nicely? <laughs> you can't just say it like a less drug ridden Pete Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. You know, they've got kind of the same, shaped heads and yeah the the problem i think with rami malik is he's an unconventional looking dude mm-hmm. and he was perfect for freddie mercury because of the shape of his face 
and the sure. the way that R- Rami Malek's jaw sits, like made made his transformation into Freddie Mercury easier. But he's trying to be a cop here, mm-hmm. and he's got that Freddie Mercury jaw thing happening, mm. and you're like, okay, all I'm seeing is Freddie Mercury. Or all I'm right. seeing is Elliot from Mr. Robot. Like he's now stuck in this thing where I don't know how he changes that in order to get out from under the, those shadows. Yeah. I mean, I know he's he's doing the the next James Bond film, and I don't know if it's just him looking like that or not. But uh, do they have any pictures from? No time to die. Well, he's got like a scar on his face or something. Oh, he's all scarred and burnt yeah. up. So I guess that's how they're going to make him look different. But <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he's got. Oh, he wears a Phantom of the Opera mask. Oh, does he? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Creepy. Uh, well, but even in the poster for No Time to Die, it, Rami Malek looks like Rami Malek looks like Freddie Mercury. Hmm. Because they're playing down the scarring on the on the poster, so. Is that the one where it's kind of like a grungy looking wall with 007? painted on it uh no the, it's it's um daniel craig um is like looking off to the side and then all the other characters are within his like silhouette oh i mean it's a it's a nice poster for sure hmm. very star wars-esque Well, interesting. Yeah. I have not seen a Bond movie in years. Really? Mm-hmm. When, what was the last one you saw? Oh, God. <laughs> Who was the last uh, James Bond you saw? I think it was still Roger Moore. I think it was Roger View to a Moore. Kill. Good God, View to, a, View to a Kill with Bambi and Thumper. <laughs> and Christopher Walken, wasn't that the one? Yep. It was him yep. and Grace Jones. Yep. And... With Thumper. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's a long time ago. There's been some good James Bond films since then. Have there? I never really got into James Bond. I don't know why. Do you don't like? Is it spy movies you don't like, or is it? No, no. Because no, I tried to. I mean, I saw Octopussy and Doctor No, mm-hmm. and you know the older ones. But um, yeah, never really was a big rabid fan. Hmm, okay. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a huge James Bond fan personally, but like, I like a good action film and lots of times they have good action scenes in them. Yeah. Oh, well, that's for sure. And the Daniel Craig ones make him make James Bond more, a um, less of a douchebag. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> less, less of that smarmy spy thing mm-hmm. that, 
like original James Bonds had and um oh uh, who's the guy? Not Timothy Dalton, the other guy. Sean Connery, Roger no. Moore. No. Uh uh Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan was like a swarmy uh a smarmy um like you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you to bed and all this other shit. Yeah, and it always struck me as odd that they cast him. Yeah. Because he was a he was originally offered the role, but he was um obligated to do Remington Steel. Right. And I felt that his his version of Bond was very close to Remington Steel. Yeah, I can see that. Very cocky ladies man. Yep. Um yeah. And Daniel Craig's version I felt is more He's a guy that's been thrown into the situation and, you know, he's not, even though they play up all the tropes, that's not who his James Bond is. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, you know, I mean, it's great that, that the character is evolving because the James Bond of, of the, the, the Bond girl with the slightly dirty name mm-hmm. and, you know, going to bed with as many women as possible is, is not as acceptable these days. No, no, not at all. So, you know, good for them for being able to make the character evolve. Yeah. And I think they had to, cause you can't, mm-hmm. you can't get stuck in that. Or it becomes a time capsule. Yeah. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. No, and I I think Daniel Craig is a really good actor. I think the stuff that he's done outside of it has shown shown that. I don't know. Did you ever see Logan Lucky? No. That's a really interesting film where he gets to stretch. Um, you know, in Knives Out, he was probably one of the best parts of that ensemble. Oh yeah, the lawyer, the Southern lawyer, the the detective, yeah. detective, yeah. So I mean. Falkhorn Lakehorn. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um I feel like like and I think I think this No Time to Die is his last one because he wants to move on. He wants to move on. But um I think he's he's made some some good choices. And there's that rumor okay. that he was in Star Wars episode seven. That's right. As a stormtrooper. As a stormtrooper. <laughs> Everybody was a stormtrooper in that. Apparently so. So, yeah. okay. Speaking of that, did you ever see the deleted scene from the last Jedi that is supposedly Tom Hardy as a stormtrooper? Uh, I don't think so. Apparently they run into Finn um, in the hallway when they're on the ship and they're all dressed as like Imperial officers and he stops them because he recognizes them. Okay. And he says, FN one, two, eight or whatever his number is. Um, what are you doing here? What are you doing in the thing? And then he, he's, it turns into almost slapstick of like, Oh man, you got promoted. Oh, that's great. And he slaps Finn on the ass. Hmm. Look this up on, on I'm YouTube. looking at it right now. Okay. It is one of the weirdest things that's very short that proves to me that fucking Ryan Johnson does not know star Wars. 
that that was ever included in a cut somewhere. Hmm. It, Very odd. It's it's really odd. But and Joseph Gordon-Levitt was also in it. He's the he is the voice of the guy that's talking to the um the other guy about the thing. Well, no, <laughs> yeah, but on Canto Bite, when they show their speeder on the beach. Yeah. And there's a guy talking to like the security guy and he's like, I told him he couldn't park there, but oh, he yeah, wouldn't yeah, yeah, listen. Yeah. That's Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Oh, okay. Apparently he's in every Ryan Johnson movie. Is he? Supposedly. Whether Supposedly. it's a voice. Allegedly. Or, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, so yeah, I, I saw that the other day that, that cut scene with Tom Hardy and I was like, really? Mm-hmm. That's okay. Sure. I, I guess. I mean, when you make decisions like that, like you can't find a place to park your speeder, so you park it on the beach. Yeah. I guess it all seems like it's good, but uh, okay. Ryan Johnson needs to stick to his own stuff because when he does his own stuff, it's okay. Oh, good times. Hmm. Uh, Also watched something. I don't know if I'm going to watch more of this. Okay. Um, Alan Tudyk's new series on sci-fi, Resident Alien. Oh, that's that's already on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm assuming it's not that good. Uh, it was interesting. Uh-huh. Apparently, he was sent to Earth to destroy it, and he loses the device and it breaks, and now he's trying to recover it, and he stumbles across a murder. So it's it's. Uh, it's very dark. Okay. And I thought it was going to be funnier. There's some funny stuff. Like somebody calls him a douchebag. So he has to like, look it up on his phone. Okay. <laughs> and I forget what the, she calls him a douchebag and something else. And he's like looking it up on urban dictionary and, and shocked. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I have to give it some time to, to, decide if I'm going to stick with it. Okay. It's interesting. I mean, that homeboy works a lot. He does. For being second fiddle. <laughs> you know? I mean, he's a sidekick. Yeah. Well, I guess not really, because... I mean, this is his show, right? This is his show. Yeah, exactly. And he did Con Man and... I'll always be washed to me. Yeah. Oh. Or da- or or which cousin of Bruce Wayne's was he on that horrible sitcom? I don't know. All I remember is sitting in the was theater. Was it Damien? Maybe. Sitting in the theater with you watching Serenity and him saying, I'm a leaf on the wind. Mm-hmm. And being impaled and just being like, oh God, they killed Wash. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the Joker on Har- on the Harley Quinn TV show. Yeah. He was in Frozen 2. He's on Doom Patrol. Just a lot of voiceover stuff. He does a ton of voiceover stuff. Like, that dude is constantly working. Mm-hmm. He's on Arrested Development. Did a cameo in Deadpool 2. 
He is everywhere. He's power. Uh, yeah. He he was Van Wayne in Powerless. Van, that's what it Van. was. Van Wayne. Well, good for him. Yeah. I wonder what before we go. I wonder what. Uh, working that much. So apparently, even though he works that much, his estimated net worth is only two million dollars. Hmm. Okay. You would think that he'd be worth more, unless he makes very, very bad investments. Possibly. In Nathan Fillion sitcoms. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you would think with with all the shit that he's done that they'd be worth more. Yeah, that is kind of weird. You know, he once dated. Well, maybe everything he does is so small. Eh, maybe. You know, that he works a lot, but he's working a lot at, you know, I can't imagine he makes more than scale for doing some of this voiceover stuff. Yeah, I guess. You know, maybe a little bit more for uh, for um, the Harley Quinn stuff, but. Right. You know, but I mean, a lot of it looks like it's not a list, not to discredit him at all, because I think he's very talented, (laughs) but it's not all a list um, projects. No, no. But you would think with with that much. Even if he was making scale. You would think that he'd be a little further along. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever see, is he, was he in, is he the good dude that I'm thinking of that was in Tucker and Dale versus evil? Uh, don't know. That's a movie you need to see. Tucker and Dale versus, yes, it, he was in that. Okay. It's, it's a very, it's, it's a kind of like a horror comedy. And it's worth seeing at least once. I don't want to give it away, but yeah, I mean, the internet movie database is calling it comedy horror. I have to look for it. Yeah. Apparently he once dated Adrian Palicki. Who was... She was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, um, oh, what's her name? Oh, she, um, she, the she, Quake? No. Um, she was, she's also on, um, oh, God. Why am I drawing a blank now? The Seth MacFarlane Orville. She's on the Orville. She plays Seth MacFarlane's ex-wife. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. They apparently dated for a while. Okay. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Anyway. All right. You got anything else for this week? Mm, no. No? All right. No. All right. If you get in touch... Uh, 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 wow. Yeah, yeah. I totally fucked that up. If you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week.
desk up, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs>